What's up, readers? Another banger episode for you today. Obviously, we got to get a couple announcements out of the way. And of course, first things first, if you want a t-shirt, if you're banking fatties, go to cashdaddiestshirts.com to get yours now. Ton of t-shirts there. They're fire. I got them all. Go get them. Cash Daddy's t-shirts. Second thing, do you like dogs? If you do, you better be subscribed. I've been telling you guys this. Subscribe to the channel. I don't care if it's your first time here. Subscribe. Oh my God, the dog. I don't care if it's your first time here. Let me know you're a newbie. Let me know you're a new reader. We'll welcome you with open arms. Subscribe to the channel, please, and thank you. Two more things. Chris Neff was just on an episode of Broken Sim with Sam and Johnny Woodard. I watched it yesterday. It's funny stuff. Neff comes out. A lot of a lot of transitioning jokes. <laughs> it, it's a good show. So if you haven't checked that out, go to Broken Simulation. Uh, it's on Sam's website. It's on YouTube. Rockfin, Patreon, whatever. Go check it out. The other thing. Joey, tremendous. Diaz is scheduled. He's booked for June 27th, okay? That's when we're interviewing. It should be out the 27th or the 28th. He's booked. Tell your mother. Tell your friends. Tell your son. He'll be on. So like I said, we got a good episode for you guys today. Uh, Ryan Dunn, he really knows what he's talking about. You thought I was good at shitcoins. This guy, he's like messiah of shitcoins, all right? He's building algorithms. He's, he's doing all this stuff. Listen to what he has to say. Knows what he's talking about. And we're also talking about the Colonial Pipeline somewhere in the episode. So uh, let me know what you think. Is the Bitcoin seizure, is that FUD? Or you think it happened? You think it hacked? Let me know what you think, all right? Let's roll the clip. Oh, man. Uh, so Bitcoin, I've been doing since Bitcoin came out, which I've got a terrible story about Bitcoin that... We uh, love them. <laughs> so back in the day, there was this uh, this program that still exists. You could donate your computing power to this folding at home project, and it would give you points for how much science like contributions you gave. So this was 2009, 2010. Me and my friends would see who who donated more, uh, who had uh, you know a faster gaming rig, who, whose computer was better. And then Bitcoin came out, and now it's not just going to science. We could make you know fake money from it, and I. I, long story short, basically a hard drive that I was mining forever that probably has half a billion dollars on it, you know, disappeared and not disappeared, not disappeared. I forgot about basically because, you know, might've been worth 20 bucks at the time in an old laptop and sat in storage and eventually Bitcoin does what it did. purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. Hey everybody, welcome to a midweek episode of Cash Daddies. We are banking fatties. Guys, what do you think of the main? I let the hair down today just for you guys. I haven't washed it in a week. Looks sick. Looking nice, looking crazy, Axel. That's what I like to hear. Howie, how are you? Good, brother. Good. E, anything to report? Um, I'm in pain. Yeah, so. tell us why. The Bruins lost. Are they out all they, totally? They're they're out totally. They lost. Who did they lose to? The Islanders. They played a it's, much they played they played a much better game. I'll give that. I got to be honest, guys. Since I got deep into the show, into trading, uh, I don't watch sports anymore. Um, and it's just the way it is. 
but um you know gotta watch sports gotta watch sports you know i agree you have to enjoy yourself in life but i i would be lying if i said i wasn't committed to the show and our readers and i feel like knowledge is power and the more that i can soak up no pun intended the better i am at delivering the information we all need well i will tell you this i came back from little e's neck of the woods yesterday and i had an appointment with a doctor so i went to the doctors i sat down and it, they gave me the wrong doctor. Literally, they sent me to a dermatologist when I had to uh, have other shit, like a regular physical. So he sent now me to a happened? dermatologist. Why did you go to the doctor? You weren't feeling well? No, I got to get my I gotta get my physical, man. I got to get things checked out. So Thumb I, up the butt stuff, the annual? <laughs> All of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, you know, I haven't buddy, had- Buddy, buddy, that's my favorite doctor's office visit of the year. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't got- uh, finger blasted in 20 years and my last doctor that gave me that his name he was a six foot five cuban jewish guy uh-huh and, and i knew i was in trouble when i shook his hand and my hand disappeared and it is like it, every one of his fingers was about the size of my dick quick aside do you know what they call that when you go in there and they do that test do you know I, what it's I called out. i passed okay out. well it's called milking the cow and it is one of the most awkward things a man can go through. Terrible. But the last time I went to my, not my asshole doctor, I went to my urologist for this one and he had to milk the cow. And what they do, Evan, you're young, this is gonna happen to you someday, mm-hmm. but they put the finger up your ring and apply pressure to the prostate. And when they do that, that makes you come just a little bit. Jesus. And here's the thing, this is what's so interesting about this. Never happened then, to me. No, I, well, you don't have prostate problems like I do. And then this is the beauty. The doctor's got a finger in the butt. And then on this side, he's got a glass slide and he just makes you come just a little bit. And then that they take that sample and then they check it out to make sure everything's fine. So you've never had your cow milked? No, never. I don't even know. I I went, I got the prostate exam. It took two seconds and I almost passed out. I literally, I almost went underneath the doctor's table in the fetal position because I just felt, I felt so violated. It was horrible. Uh, but anyways, I went, to I call that a good, good Wednesday personally. Yeah, it was, I had nightmares for about uh, six months, but anyways, I went to see the doctor today and it was a dermatologist. He said, listen, while you're here, we're, I'm going to do a quick scan. It'll take two minutes. We'll check for skin cancers and everything. So I get totally naked and they go all over your body with this light and they check everything. All of a sudden he checks under my arm right here, right here. And he says, nice you know guys. what, man, today's your lucky day. He said, you weren't supposed to come in here. They sent you to me, the wrong doctor. He said, dude, we got to get that deer tick out of your arm. What? I had a, I had a tick and I had no idea. Never felt it. Nothing. I had one of those, Evan, I had a Lyme disease deer tick. Well, I don't know if he had the Lyme disease. They take the tick out. They put it in a little Petri dish and they send it off to the lab. They're going to check it for Lyme disease. But he said, you're lucky because... They, they don't mess around. They put me on these antibiotics today. Yeah, doxy. At least we know. At least we know. Yeah, where that's what I'm all, taking, Evan. We know where the Alzheimer's has been coming from all these years. That's what it is. But, How so, long Evan, do you, you ever have a tick? Been- I, I had a Lyme last year. I took Doxy for two weeks during my senior week of college. So yeah, I, you I, caught I Lyme disease? Yeah. Holy shit. Did it you hit know- you? No, not really, because I, I caught it right away. But you had like you can't go out in the sun, you can't drink. Yeah, she can't go in the sun. Nothing. Doesn't it, Paul? Doesn't it pause you out if you don't get it out soon enough? 
you can have a lot of issues. There's people yeah. that die of Lyme disease, man. Lyme disease is no joke. And so some... how long has that tick been hanging out in your uh, your tricep, Howie? Does he, it have like a felt, family inside of it? He felt, <laughs> near, he felt it been there like three to five days. Oh, okay. So this isn't like, you know, you Not know. Years. No, they got to they gotta go. He went in with like a need, two needles and yanked it out. And you could like see it. The thing had a head, arms. It was basically saying, hey, what's up? Yeah, back in the old days, we'd go camping. They would do that. And what they would do is they would take a match, light it on fire, and put yeah. it right on the skin right. and bring it right. to the surface. But look, man, I'm on those antibiotics. And damn, Evan, that's... So he told me, he said, they caught it early enough. So he said, you're going to be okay. But, you know, there's people that have those ticks for months and months. And then to get the full-blown Lyme, there's people that are... They, it screws them up. Yeah. Lyme's no bullshit. So I got lucky. Today, I consider today a damn lucky day. Um, but... With that being said, um, let's get into some stuff right now. Uh, Evan, you wanted to talk about this Bitcoin stuff. Yeah, so obviously a lot of people have heard about the Colonial Pipeline and how it was hacked, and that's that caused the gas prices to go absolutely insane. Like, I know, I know, like in my neck of the woods, it was like almost was like three dollars and ten cents or whatever. But LA, I'd, I'd assume it was four fifty here. Yeah, it was probably insane. But so it caused the gas prices to go up. And it was these Russian hackers who hacked the pipeline and demanded, what is it, uh, 2.3 million in Bitcoin. Now, the story that came out this week is that the FBI, I believe, hacked. They somehow got a code, got yeah, access, got access to the wallet. Um, it, I just a lot of people are saying it's bullshit. I just want to know what your guys opinion on that would be, because all this stuff is like supposed to be encrypted and privacy and all that stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. Uh, we have Russian hackers continually doing this. And they can and get into anything. They could get into this, whether it's state sponsored or if it's rogue elements in, in Russia doing this. I am not going to be surprised if we see Biden and Putin butt some heads real quick over this, because obviously cyber warfare is the next level of just, you know, destroying, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, whether it's infrastructure or, yeah. you know, economy or, you know, but it could be anyone like, I know, I know a couple Russian dudes that live on Coney Island and I swear to God, they can hack into anything. They can hack into anything. These dudes well, go out to bars and they have little machines where they'll walk up next to <coughs> handbags or, or just you or me. And they yeah. get our credit card information right, right from being yeah. a foot and a half away mm -hmm. with these machines they run these things home. They sell each credit card for like $100 to the mob. And within 24 hours, man, those cards are maxed to the max to the till. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, low-level shit. I these, think Rus he, these Russians can do it all, man. But right. I think what he's asking is, are we believing the fact that the FBI actually traced this money back and recovered it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I either, man. That's a good question. I, I can understand why people don't believe it. I can, yeah. I, you know? I mean, I think what he's saying is, is this a cover story that the FBI actually did this? I mean, fuck, I don't trust our government. So yeah. it could be them trying to save face. But uh, you're right. If you look at the blockchain and how it works, I mean, who knows? If it was Bitcoin, maybe easier to track. If it was Monero, I think you're fucked. I don't know. I really yeah. don't. Yeah, because I, I tweeted an article about it yesterday and I got a lot of responses of like, this is bullshit. This is fud. Like yada yada. So I figured I'd bring it up on the pod. Oh man, I I I'm on board. I think it could it could very well be bullshit. Who the hell trusts the FBI? Come on. I mean, they've been dick people for 
a decade. But I mean, the Russians, the Russians have been doing this for, you know, a lot longer than we think, because like my housemate's dad in college, he, he knew a guy who the Russians hacked and he had to pay him like 50 Bitcoin. This is back when it was probably like, you know, 10, 10 grand or something, five grand. And they've just been doing this for forever. Yeah. Well, uh, it, let's let's leave it up to the readers. I'd love to hear their, their response on that. If you guys don't mind, I want to go ahead and um, talk about the contest we yeah. put out last week. Obviously, you guys know we get approached all the time to shill uh, stocks, tokens, you know, uh, fucking nudie mags, uh, you know, the latest underground porn. And we we cannot be bought. And we've told people that many times. We will uh, we'll recommend something if we like it and we own a piece of it, but we're not just going to randomly shill anything and take a take a, a, a shoebox of money, you know, uh, at a dead drop. That's not how we operate. So we do like to have fun and tease these fuckers when they uh, ask us if we're on the take. And we, of course, we responded and we put out a, a contest that whoever comes up with the best four responses gets a T-shirt. So I want to share those with you guys. These are from the Cash Daddy's Discord. O'Brien says, here's your list of demands. Sam needs a ride for him and Eddie on the next space flight with ultra 4K HD streaming on all socials at the same time. No delays. Neff needs a trip to the cat house in the Nevada desert with an all access ass pass. That's a winner. Howie needs all access pass to the Bohemian Grove and to be the new voice of the owl. Little E needs a set of crypto mining rigs so he can get out of mom's basement without the risk of eye issues. <laughs> um, Catqueez27, our lord and savior of meme town, writes, respectively, E to finally get a bunk bed in mom Million Sweeter's room. Buddy, I like I got it. Going. I got it. Neff, he gets a couple of weeks without the cats. That way he can build up enough to be on an episode of Come 4K. I see what you did there. Uh, Howie, he gets to ride off into the sunset with Elon on Cash Daddy with the first place winnings of the Kentucky Derby. And then Sam finally getting to fight a young Aleister Crowley. Uh, a couple more to wrap up. This is from Silent DJ. Um, Sam gets to star in a remake of Enter the Fat Dragon. Howie, a Ford Pinto. Chris, a cat in a hat. Evan, a million subscribers for his new OnlyFans account. They, they made a meme of me, and it is ridiculous on the Discord. I got two more for you, because these, yeah, these, yeah. are, these are pretty good. Um, this one comes from uh, Rob on the Twitter. Uh, Sam wants a fat dragon he can ride with shape-shifting Jesus. Neff wants a one-eyed cat he can name Patchy McGritters. How he wants Neff's voice so they both sound how they look. <laughs> he wants to be horrible. he wants to be on a podcast with people his own age. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, this one comes from Trout Mouth. He says, Tooth gets an on-call physician for his ass to eye disease. How he gets a Blu-ray copy of the Deer Hunter and an all-expense paid trip to Vietnam. Lil E should get himself a nice little setup in Miami or Tampa, paid for a year of the equivalent in cash. And Sam gets a gift certificate to his favorite massage parlor for unlimited handles, oh which is candy, I guess. So, uh, oh, one last one. This is from Casibla on uh, Instagram. Sam gets to charity fight with Bill Gates. Chris gets entire creative 
creative and productive control of Cash Daddy's pod. Well, I know we're not going to win. This one's not going to win. And how he wants half ownership of Ford and little E wants a clone so he can be in all the places he's supposed to be moving to. Fellas, what are your thoughts? Who wins that one? There's a lot um, on the list there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I liked uh, Cat, Cat Queefs. Cat Queefs was pretty good. Hold on. I think I just found it. This is the last one. This comes from Thick Boys underscore rule on the IG. Tripoli wants the Epstein jail cam footage. Howie wants a lesson from Neil Tyson DeGrassi on how to tell the difference between stars. Neff wants a real best friend. And E wants everything in his green screen background. I think that wins. Yeah, that's pretty good right there. That's I think I that wins. It's no not a dis- green screen. No disrespect to anybody else, but that was pretty fucking good. Yeah, that's um, I will let it run off against this last one with from Mikey ABM on uh, Instagram. You guys decide. Sam wants to embed a New York Yankees bat into Fauci's dome. Howie wants a Ford pickup truck driven by Belladonna. Chris wants a hot tub in the back of that pickup truck with Angela Merkel. Little E wants a hookup with Melinda Gates. Okay. It's up to that. It's either, it's either that one or the Epstein jail footage. I get a new best friend, how he gets uh, Degrassi Tyson's lessons on stars and he gets a new background. You guys call it the the former. Yeah. Okay. Thick boys underscore rule reach out to us and we will send you the new cash daddies crypto space cowboys t-shirt you're a winner uh okay guys let's talk about what's going on this week um so far we're we're wednesday in the week uh obviously going into our last episode we left it hanging where does amc go uh, we've seen amc dip so uh howie do you think this is the start of the cliff dive or is amc going to rebound from here I think it's I think it's headed down. I mean, I'm just looking at it. It's closed around 47 and change. Um, I think it uh, I think this is it. I think from here you'll see it go down to 38, 37, 38. Um, I think it'll happen this week. Evan, you're shaking your head. I'm getting I mean, all of you guys are tagged in the Twitter, but we are getting blown up with apes still being like, look at the short interests. Look at all these outstanding shares. I I'm I don't have any skin in the game, no dog in the fight, so I haven't really been paying attention to it. But these guys are very persistent, thinking that. Howie, I, I want to share a tweet that Galactic Finance shared. First of all, let's just stop. I got, short interest, they have a gripe. They, I mean, there could be a ton of short interest, and in we might see another bounce. But if they're saying outstanding shares, that hurts them. That doesn't help you, dude. Outstanding well, let me, shares. Let me, let me read this, and you react to it. AMC has 501 million shares outstanding. 4.1 million retail owners at 120 shares per person is 492 million shares. That's 98% of the outstanding. And institutions are reported owning at least 23%. That's 121% and doesn't even include naked shorts. So their theory is they own all of the the product, but- the short interest is not act, being accurately reported. I'm going to tell you why that's a total lie. And there's okay. no chance of that because what they're failing to say is what, how, what's the percentage of hedge funds that, that own AMC and me personally, I think the number is humongous. I think that these hedge funds have bought millions of shares over the past two weeks mm-hmm. and that the hedge funds have had a large part of pumping this thing up. Um, and I mean, I heard a couple analysts on CNBC today say the same thing. 
they think that when these hedge funds start to sell, uh, that that's what could make this thing go down. I don't think the number of retail investors on this thing is half as high as they think it is. I think there's a lot of big boys that went in deep and they own a ton of this. And I think you'll see it. If you see some big block shares sold, when this thing starts to drop, that'll prove it. So let's wait and see. Okay. Tell me about your week so far. Um, it's it's kind of, I'm looking, I'm, I'm still alive on a couple of these AMC puts. I mean, right there, actually in the money. Uh, but here's the thing. I want everyone to listen clear, clearly because I normally don't do this. I love a play that I'm going to play tomorrow. Um, and Chris, you and I have been talking about this for two weeks. Yep. We, we thought we missed it. It was at like what a jump to 152. I'm talking about Airbnb. Yep. You wanted to buy it the other day. It was at 147.50. And I said, wait, let's Until wait it goes till to 145. It's down to 144.56. Man, I love this call right here. I'm I, Tomorrow's the day. Now, here's the thing. I was looking at those puts. We want to go through oh, the summer. Oh. Or excuse me, calls. I was looking at those calls and they go through. We obviously want to write it through the summer. And I was thinking September would be the ideal expiry. But there aren't any uh, expiries in September. So that would mean we would be looking at October. I like that even better because and it's like a it, pendulum. It's going to take a little longer to to head up. I love October, man. I mean, even buying the 150s, 155s, I think if you look at this thing, I'm looking at a year chart on it, even a six month, man, this thing's going to bounce back up to 170. It's hey, going I, to like I told you, I love the company because I don't think it's even like barely touched its total addressable market. So if I'm looking at the October 15s right now, I'm seeing calls, let's say three out of the money at 155s. Uh, trading very tightly, 1260 to 1290. I'm That's looking great. at the 160s, 1105 to 1125. So what are you thinking? Are you thinking three out of the money? Are you thinking a little tighter, closer to the money? I mean, I'm lo I'd look, I love the 155, 160s, either one. How about, how about pressing your luck and taking the 165s at 970? I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. You got a lot of time on your side. You got a lot of time. And I mean, I think, I think this company is just... It's built this nice little base. I mean, it took a it took a real beating in February and March. It was at two hundred. It was at two bills, two eighteen, and yeah. it started in in what was it right there in uh, in mid April. It went from like one eighty right down to one right where it is now, one forty four. I love it. I think this is the bottom, and I've been very patient on this thing. Because I've, I've been wanting, but this is the time. I think tomorrow I'm going to jump in and readers, man. Air, Airbnb, I think it's a winner. I really hey, I let's like, do this. I like let's it. This. I like Ford. Let's hold that thought because Ryan's in the room. We're going to go to him real quick, do our interview, and then uh, we'll pick it up on the end and finish up with our picks as well as the meme stocks that I want to talk about. Does that sound good? We'll, we'll finish up with the reader questions. Yeah. Oh, and reader questions. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, and welcome everybody. Um, and joining us today is our special guest, Ryan Dunn. Uh, he is the creator of Not Safe Moon. He's gonna tell us today about his coin as well as an algorithm he has created uh, to track uh, clones of the Safe Moon family. Is that correct, Ryan? Yeah, that's right. I mean, basically just like everyone else, I fell in love with uh, Safe Moon, you know, go to the moon, you buy some and you hold it and it grows and grows. and 
uh, I'm a programmer. So I started actually making a, making a tracking website to see the reflection gains and all the payments you're getting from them. Uh, and then uh, I discovered that the dream that they were selling uh, turns out to be just that because the math and the blockchain evidence is showing something completely different. Well, they got something in common with us because we crush dreams on a daily basis as well <laughs> with some of our picks. So why don't you tell us about how you got into this and then uh, exactly what your token represents. Right. So uh, basically, I started making uh, trading bots uh, that would work on public exchanges and then the DeFi place. And that's when I found SafeMoon. And basically, <clears throat> once I, well, I was building this uh, tracking website that I still have, uh, and it was showing the balances in the liquidity pool. And the price, as we know, is based off of the ratio of the tokens in the liquidity pool. And if you increase one token and the other token stays the same, then the price of the token that you're increasing the quantity of is going to decrease. So I see, I'm watching this and I see the numbers slowly rising for the safe moon in the liquidity pool. And basically that means that it was getting the reflection gains. So the same rewards that everyone else was getting paid were also being paid and still are being paid to the pool that determines the price. So the ratio of your payments is being decreased by the same amount it's increasing. So it effectively gets canceled out. Now, Ryan, in layman's terms, uh, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I, know, I was going to say, confusing. Uh, it's confusing. talk to us I know, like I know, we're, I know, I know. we're retarded five-year-olds because we are retarded five-year-olds. Okay. Yeah, like, is there like a buy, sell? Are we talking supply, demand? Like, what did you just say? I, it, it gets confusing. And that's why I've been working on a website to describe it because um, it's super complicated. So uh, in normal markets, uh, public exchanges, you have uh, buy orders and sell orders. So on the DeFi space with uh, PancakeSwap, Uniswap, and all those type of liquidity pools, the pricing is different. The pricing is based off of a pool that has two different tokens in it. One of them, in this case, BNB, which has an established value, and the other one is generally a new token. And basically, the price is created off the ratio of those two. So as you swap one token in and get the other token out, you're changing the ratio, and the price is decreasing or increasing depending on if you bought or sold. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes a little more sense. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, so then when you, yeah, because this is a great little interjection, if you don't mind. I have yeah. so many um, new, we have so many new readers on the Discord, and they're constantly encountering the slippage fee problem. Mm -hmm. And obviously, safe when I think you have to preset that at 12 because there's a burn and a redistribution on their coin. Uh, I guess it's a two part question. Does your coin do the same thing? And what would you recommend to new traders when it comes to slippage fee? Do they start at, a, at one? see if it goes through, and if it doesn't, move up to two, three, et cetera? Or what is the best way to determine that? So depending on what the total fees are being charged by the token, so for SafeMoon, it's 10%. So that means that your slippage fee has to be at least 10%. So when I was doing it, I would do 10, and then I would try 10.1, 10.2, and eventually it would go through. Uh, with not SafeMoon, we do still have a fee. There's a 8%, and it's split up into two ways. You have 2% is being sent directly to a burn address on every single transaction. And then 6% is being distributed just to wallet holders and not to uh, liquidity pools or burn addresses. All right. What's so, the, what, what's the main advantage of uh, say not safe moon over like another coin? What's the big advantage? 
I fixed the flaws in the code that will actually allow the token to work the way that they're advertising. I gotcha. All right. So, how did how'd you do that? I'm a programmer. I, I understand the code and I, I went through it. I actually contacted the developers of SafeMoon when I found this out. And I talked to them on Discord, talked to the, the lead programmer. I'm going to go like that because it's actually just a clone. There's It's copy and pasted. All they did was change the tax fee percentages and the names. They didn't even remove the comments from the old projects. There's like five different projects, uh, like just with comments written throughout their code, if you look through it, which, you know, that's, it's not really, uh, it, it was clear when I talked to them that they did not understand what they were making. Yeah, I, I, I watched an AMA they had when they first came out. It was like their second or third AMA, and they were at this like uh, conference in Miami or something. And I mean, it was god awful, like the most unprofessional thing. And they they just seemed like they had no idea what they were talking about. Right. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, let me ask you a question because we have a lot of people trading shit coins on the DGen section of our um, uh, Discord. And I've seen guys come in there and say like, hey, man, I'm up 100x. And then, you know, they'll maybe leave up 40 or 50x. And then there's some guys in there, including myself at times, that are just trying to double up, get in and get out. And the thing that I've noticed is these coins are profitable if you can never sleep. Now, obviously, that's not possible. But I see time and time again, people saying, fuck, I was up 5x. And then I went to sleep for eight hours. And, hmm. you know, I fell asleep. And now I'm down. Do you think it's possible, because and I'm assuming this is going on, that there are trading groups where people are literally just like, I'm on it for eight hours, passing it off to the next person, et cetera, so they don't miss these massive dips. Do you think that is an optimal way to even try to trade this shit? Or should anybody be, be trying to, to, to trade and make money off shit coins on their own? And before you answer that, uh, what Chris is just saying, how far are we away from I want to, I'm going to buy uh, one of these altcoins at 7 p.m. I'm going to put a limit order to sell and I want to go to bed. And if it hits that limit order, I'm out. Is it, How far away, away from that also? Well, first you have to get to a public exchange because you can't really do limit orders unless you uh, have a, your own custom contract to automatically swap out your pancake swap uh, thing. Because you can't, you can't really set limit orders. You got to be there or write some code to do it. Um, but you know, I mean, it's coming. There's a lot of new uh, websites coming out that are that are adding features in the DeFi space. So, you know, it's coming. Uh, so, so yeah. go ahead. I was so, gonna say it's something that um, I was thinking about also adding onto uh, the dashboard that I'm building. Do you think it's possible uh, to go back to my question to swing trade this stuff on your own if you're not a robot? Is my question because I see people constantly fail time and time again because they can't stay you know, glued to their computer screen for 36 hours. It's definitely possible. And I found out, uh, have you, you've heard everyone advertise this uh, adding liquidity to the pool, right? You've heard that a million times. Mm -hmm. So this was one of the other flaws that I discovered. And it's actually a very predictable part of the code. And I'm able to determine with 100% accuracy when they're adding liquidity to the pool, uh, when it's going to happen and the exact amount the price is going to drop when it does. Because when they're, when they're adding liquidity, they're actually just dumping tokens to one side of the pool, which just devalues the coin. And then yeah, I need you to be very careful very, because with, yes. with great power comes great responsibility. And if you keep talking like this, the CIA is going to grab you and say, hey, we need you on our team. And we don't <laughs> want that to happen. But what we do want to happen is for you to show our readers how to do this so they can make money. So tell, tell our crew how they can do this. Um, yeah, so 
this website that I'm building is going to show you exactly when these things are going to happen for all these moon coins. Um, it's, uh, it's very complicated. I mean, it's, it's super complicated. It's hard to describe. Well, you say complicated, Ryan. <laughs> are we talking like pretty much you either got to be C++ or Python, either or? Is that what you're talking? Well, once I'm done with this, you're not going to need to. But oh, before that, yeah. Hold on. Even, We're right talking now? about Pythons now? Dude, he, <laughs> let me ask you, Ryan. I, I, know, I know very little about a lot of shit. Are you C++ or are you Python? I, I don't really like Python. I'm more JavaScript. I mean, I, oh, I JavaScript? Learned, yeah. I, I learned... Learned learn back in the day with MySpace, you know, putting some some pictures and music in the background, HTML, yeah. JavaScript. So that's you know that's where I've been. C plus plus though I do for uh, for building gadgets and things. Make, Jesus uh, Christ! Yeah. So fucking genius. So when this website comes out, what is a what is the name going to be? It's just so the the readers can be on the lookout for it. So we already have uh, notsafemoon.com, and then there's the beta dashboard, which is really just looks like kind of an Excel spreadsheet with data on it. Uh, but this next version is going to be a lot more, uh, have a lot more graphics on it, charts, all kinds of stuff, but it's just going to be not, not safe moon dashboard. How are you going to monetize your site? Are you going to sell a subscription? Or are you going to rely on ads? So we have, uh, I have a plan for like a premium version of the dashboard, which if you've been on KuCoin and DexGuru and things, they have like a premium version. So that'll be how we'll do it. You'll have to, uh, just hold, not pay with, but just hold liquidity pool tokens, uh, to get the advanced features on the website. Yeah, and have you uh, have you heard of ClueCoin as well? Because they the, this is something that they did as well. Like they thought that SafeMoon had a flaw, so they they writ they rewrit the code and all that stuff. Uh, have you heard of them? Yeah, I have actually. And they had I discovered another bug back when I was diving into this deep, and I hadn't tested it, but apparently, uh, I was reading that they had a problem with this. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was because I just I just read about it. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on it now. There's a lot of stuff in my brain right now. <laughs> hey, why don't we do this? Yeah. Can you, can you bring up uh, Ryan's coin on Pooh Coin so we can show it to our readers? So, for example, because I got a couple questions here for you, because um, we get this all the time. People are trading and they're constantly saying, "What do these numbers mean?" And um, for those that aren't aware, if you're going to buy and sell coins on the BNB network, PooCoin is kind of like your go-to interface. Would you agree with me with that, Ryan? Yeah, PooCoin's nice. I, I use it every day. Okay, so let's take a quick look at your coin here. So explain to us, because I think this will be great help to our readers. If we just look at the far left screen, we have your total supply. That's what, a trillion or is that? Million, billion, quadrillion. <laughs> Uh, sorry, when you when you shared your screen, mine popped up on a different monitor. That, oh, okay. no worries. <laughs> what is the total supply of your coin? Uh, one quadrillion. Okay, a quadrillion. So yeah, so and same then, as a lot of other ones. And what is your market cap? 2.6 million right now. We've, we've done no advertising at all, and mm -hmm. it's just basically been word of mouth. So it's, you know, not not I'm not trying to do a pump and dump. I'm trying to do a uh, an inform, and it will pump on its own kind of thing. Okay, but to keep going... Because mm -hmm. I see this a lot too. I see underneath the market cap, I see PCV2 or PCV1, et cetera. I, what, the goal of what I'm saying here is I want our readers to understand how to read uh, one of these charts. So can you explain to us exactly what liquidity pool means to these people? Yes. So PCV, that's Pancake Swap version 2 liquidity pool. And this is the actual trading pool 
for all the swaps. So right now that pool has 362 BNB in it worth 133,000. And then it doesn't show the exact amount of the token in there, but that is the balance that you're trading with. As that amount of BNB goes down, then the price of the token goes down because there's less value backing it. Correct. Now, can you also show them how to use um, the holder button so they can look and or look on the contract as well? So they can, uh, you know, if somebody finds a coin, they need to be able to use these tools to say, hey, is this a safe coin to buy? Uh, and can you explain to us what they're looking for when they look at a contract? Right. So some of the things you want to look for is was the ownership renounced or do the developers still have control over it? If they do still have control over it, then what control do they have? And if you go to the read contract tab up there, uh, it'll show you who the owner is and it'll give you some of the information about fees. And if you want to check your balance, you can put your wallet address into that balance thing. And this is actually interacting directly with the blockchain when you're on this website, BSC scan. So there's Without knowing how to program, this is the best way to know exactly what is going on with the with the token. And what would you say are the dead giveaways for somebody to find to say, oh, this is a fucking scam. I can't be involved in this. Uh, if you click on the holders tab and you see who the holders are, if anyone has a very large substantial amount of the token, then that means that mm -hmm. they can pull the rug out. Because uh, okay. like and, and I and I can commonly hear the the number being 51% to be the number to stay away from. Is that correct? I'm, it's way less than that. I mean, if someone has more than 10% of it, but it really just depends on how much value is in the liquidity pool mm -hmm. uh, and what the market cap is. Because basically, even though like for our token, we have a market cap of what, two and a half million, there's mm -hmm. only 150,000 of BNB backing it. So even though that's the market cap, if everyone tried to pull out at the same time, only 150 grand is available. So that's where the uh, term rug pull comes in because if someone has a large uh, chunk of the tokens, they can just wipe out that liquidity pool and there's nothing left that's worth anything. Yeah, right. and, and the, the, the scammers, are they're starting to get a little more cheeky with their, uh, you know, what they're doing. So they have like, you know, 20, 30 different wallets that they send uh, send this some of the token to and then eventually if this thing blows up then they can pull the rug that way by just selling from the different wallets right splitting it between different wallets which you can still track and you can track on that website pretty and, well. all right here's yeah, a we, question oh, are, you, ahead, are you familiar ryan with hex hex coin not anything else besides watching your uh watching oh. you guys talk to them all right because i'd love to see you do a little research on it and give us some feedback um yeah I've wanted to since I saw your episode, but I just haven't had time to, to dive gotcha. into it. Quick okay. question. Why don't you tell us more? Because this is going to be useful for us because we we recently put an exploratory committee together within the Cash Daddies Discord, specifically <laughs> with the mods, because we want to eventually create our own own coin or token, as it were, and, and have a, a, a practical application behind it. So does your coin have a practical application behind it? So for the advanced analytics of the dashboard, there is that. And then we are coming out with a, I can't really talk about this yet because it's mm -hmm. uh, like a, a next phase and it's a new use case that yeah. hasn't been used yet, but it will pair with our dashboard and the predictive information on there. Uh, it, it's, it's really exciting. I think uh, a lot of people are going to love it. So it's, I can't, I can't say too much though, because it's new and no one else is doing it yet. Sure. When did your, um, when, when did your uh, product debut? Uh, it's been just over a month right now. Okay. 
So any advice to us? Um, because obviously, you know, we're split the four of us and, you know, we do the show twice a week. And of course that means we got to track the markets and stay on top of everything for our shows, uh, slip in dick jokes too, and keep it lively. Um, what would you recommend to us when we are talking about creating our own, our own, uh, coin to, to place it to market? So I, I learned all these things the hard way because, uh, everyone had their, the way that it's supposed to be done, you know, they say doxed devs, you got to tell everyone who you are, which you guys are already, already out there. So that's done. Um, there's, uh, how much of the percentage of the total do you have? Where are the liquidity pool tokens going? Uh, are they distributed? Do you have a plan for the liquidity pool tokens to be distributed? Right. Um, and then backing up just what is a liquidity pool token? So the liquidity pool that has a pair of value in it, two different coins, when you put value into the pool, you get a token. And that's basically what you use later to retrieve your BNB and token out of the pool if you're on finance. Um, and if somebody holds a good percentage of those tokens, then they hold the value of the liquidity pool. So they can pull out the, the liquidity at any time. So if we start a coin like this, what would you suggest we get our market cap to when we pull the rug out on people? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> What's the number where, you know, we just pull it and say, geez, I don't know what happened. And then, you know, we're on a beach drinking, you know, drink. What's probably what, five, six million, I'm guessing. I don't, well, uh, War on Rugs had about a five, six million market cap and they pulled out five hundred thousand dollars by the way can we can we do a little respect for the war on rugs to pull the ultimate long con because i God. was in wreath and i smashed and grabbed the fuck out of it banged 2500 bucks out of it wasn't greedy and then sure enough they rug now again uh, i have massive props to any criminal that is willing to put in the time to do the long con so for those that you don't uh don't know why don't you explain to us what the war on rugs was War on Rugs was a fairly popular Twitter account that would call out bullshit as they found it. Uh, they would do some extra research and figure out if a token was good or bad. And if somebody was bad, they would call them out and try to publicly uh, let everyone know that this is garbage. You don't want this. And uh, then there was a problem. They, they were involved with a token called Fairmoon. And Fairmoon is a SafeMoon clone. And they did not change a particular value in their contract. And because of that, when it did this automatic adding liquidity thing, the price was going to drop by about half. And I had a lot of Fairmoon at the time, and it was this whole dirty process of switching to a version two Fairmoon, and um, which War on Rugs took completely over of the version two. And then, uh, you know, less than a month later, they pulled the rug and they charged and they changed the fees that you get charged on every transaction to a hundred percent. So that every single transaction goes directly to their pocket. It's the dirtiest oh my thing. God. Now, was all this, if you're an experienced coder, was all this yeah, information no. you could go and read and yes. diagnose? Okay, so then, again, the public is stupid. They don't understand coding like you do. But that information was sitting there the whole time visible. If they'd, if they'd done their DD, they could have discovered right. this. Okay, right. gotcha. So, uh, so me, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I can show you uh, my tracking dashboard I've been working on, and it just puts all the, this information into uh, some really easy to see and understand ways if you want to. Yeah, bring it up. Yeah. While you're bringing it up, let me ask you, um, how many tokens are you actively holding and trading at any given point? Uh, right now, I have uh, about uh, four, 
4 tr- 4d trillion of not safe moon no and, oh okay oh I, and I then didn't... oh how many different tokens yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh so yeah i've but that's all public my wallets are all public if anyone wants to look at them mm-hmm. um but yeah no i'm i've got i've got a couple dozen i mean not not a substantial amount in any just kind of just kind of for fun just betting gambling but you're a able bit. to you're able to track those all and manage 24 at the same time yeah i mean not not great but i can pull yeah. up the website will right now it'll show um safe moon clones and it'll give you tons of information on them but we're going to be adding a lot more than just the safe moon clones because there's a lot of data you can look at for a lot of these gotcha. but yeah there's right. you know i, I mean i i i I like exciting things, so I'm kind of a degenerate gambler too. So that's what some of this stuff is. Oh, you <laughs> fit right in with Chris. Yeah, we all are. We all are. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you're gonna love what what's coming with this if you pay attention. But next phase. Okay. <laughs> you should uh, you should be able to share your screen now. Oh, okay. There we go. Now, would you advise our readers to buy your your token right now, or is there a better entry point in your mind? And I know, obviously, this is a biased question because you own it, but we will ask the hard questions around here. Well, I'm not a financial analyst, as they say, but um, I mean, do your own research, and you don't have to buy it, but you can still use the dashboard if you want. If you do, that's great because it'll help uh, grow the ecosystem. Okay. So, yeah, it's up to you. So this is the dashboard that we're looking at. Right. And this is still under construction. So there's a few little bugs and things in it. Uh, but basically right now I've got it working on Chrome with MetaMask. That's just how I'm developing it. So once you connect your wallet, it'll load up what you have in there. Um, so I just have a few bucks of all these different moon coins just so I can play it around here. Uh, but once you click on something, you can start viewing some of the stuff. So I've got you know, 18 bucks of this, uh, the trading view chart, which is the same deal that's on PooCoin. And you've got a couple of the things. What, what are the fees on there? Is ownership renounced? So do they have control over changing the features? Can they change this percentage to 100 right away if they want to? Um, so if ownership is renounced, they, they can't. Unless uh, there's this bug vulnerability you can check for over here that um, there's a very particular thing that, that uh, these moon coins can do, a very dirty behind the scenes thing where they can regain ownership even if the contract has been renounced. So I put a tool on here that'll check that for you. And then I created a test token that would just show what the screen would show if that was the case. So basically if a token is created, the ownership is locked, unlocked, renounced, then at any time they can come back, regain ownership, change the fees, take all the money. So So this would be, so was that a dangerous coin? Well, this was a test token that I did just to oh, make sure that the um, that the that you know this to test this bug basically to make sure that this bug was a real bug and make sure my uh, my way of checking it was real. But yeah, I, was, I renounced the ownership and I was able to get it right back. So right. that so that that'll tell you if if uh, you have that and this will pop up even if you don't ask it to just to let you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then now here's some information on the liquidity pools. So this is the this this goes into something called the swap and liquify function, and this is the way that these coins add liquidity. Dump to threshold. What is that? That sounds like me after a cup of coffee in the morning. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, for Safe Moon, for instance, you have five uh, percent of the total ten percent fee is added to the liquidity pool. But what's actually happening behind the scenes is those five percent fees are getting stored in the token contract until. The token is hold the token contract is holding 
half a billion tokens. So right now it's at, you know, 105 billion. And then once it hits the 500, then it all dumps to the liquidity pool at once. So this will show you the history of that when it's happened, and it'll show you the price of the token if it hadn't happened. So this tab right here is showing the last eight days, this particular coin price would be 308% higher than it is now if they weren't doing this particular function. And my balance, instead of being $18, would be $73. And these things happen almost every day, some coins multiple times a day. And the next so, one, it will drop by 7.74% when this bar gets to the top. And this is math. And I've had zero people, uh, you know, question it that, or, you know, come at me with a, with an actual legitimate response that it's wrong. So quick question. Can, can the common man, can they beat these, these, um, these shit tokens or are they up against a wave of bots with information uh, that they, they, they can't beat? That's my question. Well, this will help you. So for, for this token, I think they only have an 8% fee on the transactions. So, you know, sometimes this uh, percentage, you might make money if you sell it right before these dumps happen and rebuy right after. So Did you say only an 8% fee? <laughs> yeah, only. But, you know, some of them are redistributed back to the holders. So, you know, there's the... Uh... Yeah, and I think the other thing I want to highlight is a lot of people think um, they can swing trade a lot of these altcoins, but they don't account the slippage a lot of the time. Right. So it's like you're up 10% maybe 20%, but then you do a, a swing and sell, you're automatically losing 10% right away on, on, a, on a safe moon clone, correct? Right, because every single transaction you do, even if you just send it to another wallet you have, is going to get charged that fee. That's crazy. And who, who's getting that money? Is PancakeSwap getting that money? Because uh, they're taking a piece, but probably not as much as the, the token itself, correct? Right. With SafeMoon, for instance, they have a 5%, 5% split. And the way they advertise it is 5% gets paid back to the holders, which mm -hmm. with, with SafeMoon, we can see the exact distribution of that if we look at this chart here. So for every transaction that you have, the gray is the actual amount that's remaining after the transaction. Got the, it. the green bar here, that is what's being repaid to the people holding the token. The yellow bar, that's the liquidity fee, and that is actually going directly to a SafeMoon developer's wallet through liquidity wow. pool tokens. Uh, some days I've seen over $25 million worth of liquidity pool tokens going to a private, unlocked SafeMoon developer wallet. Now, is that good or bad? That's very bad. Okay, because that tells That's us the people dump. at the top are getting all the money. That's a pump and dump. And yeah, I mean, at one point before I started calling them out, they were holding like 60% of the liquidity pool tokens. Wow. And then I started calling them out. I started calling out Fairmoon as well. And War on Rug started tweeting about the uh, problems with SafeMoon holding liquidity pool tokens. They didn't mention me because I was also calling out their, their uh, deal. Uh, I have a Twitter bot that I wrote that will tweet right before these dumps happen and right after with the exact amount that they were dropping. So, you know, there are not a lot of people that like me right now, which is fine, but it's just math and you can't argue it. And that's what's up. Oh, I love you for this information. <laughs> My question is, what, what could you get done if we handed you $5 million? I mean, a lot. I could get a whole team of developers and put in some work. You got $5 million. Robert a bank, Neff? 
five no, million dollars? No, I'm just just saying that obviously you have an edge on trading this stuff because of the information that you have that most people don't have. My question is, how widespread is the information that you have uh, hold with other people, bots, etc.? Uh, maybe the underworld, the mafia, maybe Wall Street, because obviously Wall Street has a piece of crypto. Uh, obviously, you're not the only one lurking in the shadows with this information. That's my, my going back to my question I keep asking is, is it prudent for regular guys off the street to even bother trying to swing trade this stuff if they don't have these kind of metrics and analytic information? It's tough. It can be real tough. It, you know, it's sometimes you get lucky and when one of these tokens is advertising real hard, then it's going to pump. And it's hard to argue that some of these things are broken at that time. Right. Um, yeah. But these what tools you, are, are going to help. They're going to help. But still, it's... Uh, what would you advise to safe moon holders right now? To do a little more research and stop just believing what your leaders are telling you because it's not always right. And it sounds a little cultish and I was in the same cult, man. I was all pumped about it. I was so excited until math told me something else. seems like there's a lot of these cults out there. Yeah. And yeah. It's weird. And this, you know, I'm just kind of a nerdy guy that, you know, I don't, this is just all, all new to me, all this attention. And it's like, it seemed started seeming a little culty, you know, it's weird. But how many coins do you estimate out there are safe moon coin clones? Uh, so right now I'm tracking 230 or so on the website that are trust wallet, uh, like certified, like in the trust wallet database with the uh -huh. logos and everything. But there's, I mean, there's thousands, there's thousands. Um, uh, quick, quick question. Who do you say, what do you, if you, if you were going to tell our readers in general and give them a word of warning, what would you say to stay away from? What's the biggest trap in all these? All of them. Really? They're all. None of them are actually adding liquidity to the pool. They're adding it in a one-sided way, which devalues the token and sends, mm -hmm. in some cases, sends the liquidity pool tokens to a developer wallet. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not getting paid anywhere near the fees that you think you're getting because a majority of them are going to the burn address and the rest of them are going to either you or the liquidity pool, which devalues your token. So, I mean, none of them are doing what they're advertising. And, okay. and with your inside information, have you witnessed any point shaving in the uh, the tokens you are they shaving tokens <laughs> yeah wait what do you mean shaving tokens i i it's... they've been shaving they've been shaving rugs rugs for the like the last two decades but now they're it's, probably shaving it's a runner on our show that we have yeah. uh, okay i i, I was yeah. just hoping that you caught a couple episodes and heard i mean yeah no i've seen a bunch of episodes but it's usually i've got it going while i'm working on other stuff so right <laughs> Um, is there, are, you are in our discord. I've seen your name in there before. Um, would you be interested in possibly maybe having your own section in there um, to help us get the word out about your website? Or is there anything we can work together on? Because obviously we trust you. You're a friend of a friend, which, you know, uh, who we respect. So is there anything that you would like to possibly integrate with Cash Daddies on the, the discord side? Yeah, definitely. I've been in there. Yeah, there's a good good crowd in there. A lot of people having good, honest conversations, which is nice. Is is yeah. Tom is Tom Segura your older brother? Or? <laughs> That's funny. That's I've heard that a few times now. That's yeah, good. I mean, I think you're gonna pop in on the show. You got to be like related. <laughs> uh, and here he is now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least you're the Ryan Dunn that's alive. Right. So we can I was thinking about that. Yeah. I was thinking and, about that. And maybe one day people will remember me for something else than just that. 
<laughs> how long had you been, because we're going to wrap this up with you real quick, but I'm curious, how long uh, have you been in the altcoin universe? Or tell us about your background. Did you originally get involved in Bitcoin or Ethereum? How long have you been in the token sphere? Oh, man. Uh, so Bitcoin, I've been doing since Bitcoin came out, which I've got a terrible story about Bitcoin that we uh, love them. <laughs> so back in the day, there was this uh, this program that still exists. You could donate your computing power to this folding at home project, and it would give you points for how much science like contributions you gave. So this was 2009, 2010. Me and my friends would see who, who donated more, uh, who had uh, you know a faster gaming rig, who, whose computer was better. And then Bitcoin came out, and now it's not just going to science. We could make you know fake money from it, and I, I long story short, basically a hard drive that I was mining forever that probably has half a billion dollars on it, you know, disappeared and not disappeared, not disappeared. I forgot about basically because you know might have been worth twenty bucks at the time in an old laptop and sat in storage. And then eventually Bitcoin does what it did, and I try to recover it. And the whole thing. how many bitcoins did you have on it? I don't remember exactly, but it was insane. I mean, right. just just right. just round it up so we can fill your pain. So pretty, I, oh my! I, I don't remember exactly, but I would wake up in the morning and I I had a whole little cluster of computers mining Bitcoin, and I would have you know sometimes a dozen Bitcoin mines, and it would but it was worth nothing. It was worth nothing, nothing. Are you that guy who forgot his password? Yeah, not, in San Francisco. I, I didn't forget the password. I mean, I even looked at the, I disassembled the hard drive in a clean room environment and looked at it under a microscope. And it has a scratch that looks like the Grand Canyon across the disc. Totally unrecoverable. That's... Can't you go to Melrose Mac and get that fixed? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Have wow. you had any nightmares about it? I have. I, <laughs> I've had a few, but I've been trying to ignore them. And then yeah. I just decided, you know, I'll just figure it out another way. I'll do it again. We're just making it. We're just making it worse. No, it's yeah. good. I mean, I, I laugh about it now, but you know, none of my wake, friends. You really wake up like, in bed. There's like four dead cats next to you. You're like, hey, <laughs> it wasn't my fault, man. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. So, so I, so I've been in the in the uh, tokens and stuff for a long time, but then forgot about them for a while, and uh, maybe about two years ago, started getting back into it quite a bit, and started writing some trading bots for different things, and that has just evolved because I would. Uh, know figure out something better and something better and then eventually it got me all the way to here all right okay. all right cool well thanks for joining us and um uh we look forward to obviously seeing you in the future again and being a part of our community and um if uh if you want um we have a a, a thing in the discord where we can highlight you in a special color as an official cash daddy's guest if you want which also helps our readers realize who you are and then they can ask you uh, questions. And if you ever want to do an AMA in our Discord, we would welcome that as well. Uh, but obviously, you have an amazing amount of information that just by this you know, interview has helped a lot of our, our readers understand a lot more about tokenomics as well as us. So we thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And where can we find you uh, uh, out, out there? Uh, so... All the links are on notsafemoon.com, but basically if you think of it, it's notsafemoon.com slash YouTube, notsafemoon.com slash Twitter, notsafemoon.com slash uh, Twitch, notsafemoon.com slash Discord. Okay. Any, of, any of them will link you to, uh, to where you want to go. And let right. me ask you the most important question. Where do you see Bitcoin, Bitcoin and the big, the big you know, top three tier coins like BNB, Ethereum, Cardano? Where do you see these going from here after this you know, correction run? I was I was anticipating this dip in this lull for a long time, and it happened right around when I was expecting it to. So this will probably last another six months. I think it might even go a little lower. 
until things start picking back up. Where do you um, see Bitcoin at the end of the year? Give us a number. At the end of the year, I think it's going to start coming back up by the end of the year, but it probably won't do much over 50 or 60 until okay. the next big thing. And then I think with the next happening and uh, just the way that it's happened in the past, are you familiar with the happening? Yes. Okay. But you know what? <laughs> if you don't mind, I, I wouldn't mind you giving us the happening because it is a crucial point of Bitcoin. And I don't think a lot of our readers know. So if you want to end on that, that would be awesome. Yeah. So after a certain amount of Bitcoins has been mined, then the payment for mining a successful block is cut in half. And this has happened a few times in the past. <clears throat> Every time it happens, there's a now we're noticing it's a predictable uh, effect on the price where the price will kind of stagnate after that for a little bit, but then it will spike and then come back down to about, you know, half or so of that spike. And then it'll sit there until the next one. And it's happened three times and it's been very consistent every time. Awesome. Awesome. Cool, man. Um, you have any picks you like this week? I don't know if you trade the market or if, well, obviously you trade coins. You have a coin you like right now? There's, there's something exciting that I've been looking at. Um, the Cer Cerberus, gosh, I don't even know how to say yeah. it, uh, <laughs> where they're paying like a quadrillion percentage APR, which is just bonkers and doesn't make any sense. But uh, so that one's been exciting just because you throw in a thousand bucks and 10 minutes later, you made 10 bucks off of it. And yeah, Cerberus, you know what? the three-headed dog. Yeah. If you don't mind, I think we should have you on again in the future because we have so many people asking us about yield farming and things that we don't know a lot. And I'm pretty sure you're the person that could probably answer that for us. Yeah, they're, they're confusing and um, you can lose a lot of money on them for sure. Right. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll definitely reach out to you again because again, we have a whole new section, Howie. I don't know if you're aware. It's called uh, yield farming and staking in the Discord. I haven't even walked in there because I've got too much I'm, you know, um juggling right now but apparently yeah. that's the hottest section in the cash daddy's discord right now so, yeah right. oh there's a great website i came across i have nothing to do with them i just found it the other day but if you want to know what your uh tokens are doing it's uh i think vfat if you look for that there's got just tons of information on all your holdings for all the different liquidity pools v is in uh, victor fat right right yeah right. i just i just came across it the other day it's uh it was on that service website which you know this for, for me, those ones are kind of more of a gambling thing because I've never, I've never left money in them long enough for long-term gains off of them. I'm just kind of like, oh, a billion percent, sure, for a week. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome, man. Great. Okay. Um, thank you for joining us. And uh, like I said, we'd love to see you in the community and uh, definitely uh, plan on coming back because we learned a lot today. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. That'd be awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it, Ryan. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. All right. All right. Yeah, okay. have a good one. And we're back. Guys, Ryan Dunn. Jesus Christ, does that guy know his shit or does that guy know his fucking shit? Dude, he was a nerd back in when he was seven years old. That guy, that guy's got more brain matter in his medulla than the three of us do. Did in you our understand anything he said, Howie? Uh, not much. <laughs> you can no. see the gears turning. See, here's the no. thing. I like what Ryan is all about and I definitely want to have him back. But the problem is, I, I don't know how easy that information is to apply to a fucking retard like me. You know if what I mean? If you're a Java guy or a C++ guy, or which he is, you got to remember don't even know what that means, Let man. me explain what it is. It's Let code. me explain what it is. It's a, you, you, to, to be C++ or to be Python or to be JavaScript, you have to be a fucking smart. You're basically going to like a top engineer in school. 
Yeah. Uh, you're a computer programmer. You're a goddamn just a it's that's a whole different level, man. Those guys. You have to to get a job at, at certain companies uh, <laughs> coding. They'll say, yeah, we you have to be C plus plus Python or Java, one of the three. This clown, he might be all three, man. He's by, the, by the way, I'm going to use that as a new line the next time I'm out. I'm going to say, hey, hey, little lady, you're looking at a C++ Python. What do you think of that? Honestly, that'll get you laid nowadays. I swear to Christ. And you got the look, too. I mean, they would believe you. You you got that <laughs> half serial killer, half I can, like, go deep in your computer and, like, pull anything out of there. It, that'll get you some pussy, Neff. It really will. By the way, speaking of pussy, I, uh, I, I, I fucked up so bad. And I've told people this many times and I've, I've made it my limit to only trade, actively trade two shit coins at a time. Uh, somebody gave us a shout out for making the right call on Superbid. It was a total buy the rumors, sell the news thing and leading up into the Logan Paul fight, if you can even call that a fucking fight. And of course we called it, it dumped. Well, guess what? I forgot and I couldn't sell it because I was on a date with a woman and I come home and I see that thing go from like 10 to eight. And I was like, fuck, I missed it. So again, going back to the altcoins, you know, unless you got somebody covering your home base while you're gone, I don't think they're that tradable, you know, especially with those, with those, uh, the, the fees they take on, on the trade. So you got to be up a good percentage, um, to be able to swing trade that stuff. Uh, Really? Tell us what you did today with your, with, you got, you just went, took a 360 and you got right in the middle of memory. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to say I took a 360, but I feel like once we started cash daddies, I strayed away too far from my home base, which was wall street bets. And I'd kind of gotten away from it. And then um, a shout out to woke Sabi. by the way, I paid him 50 bucks today. Cause I had a bet that AMC would drop to 20 today and it didn't. But he kind of learned me up on Wall Street bets. And I had forgotten, let's back up here. When the GME thing popped, they had 3 million readers, listeners, whatever. They're listeners, we're readers. They're at like 10 million now. The problem is, from the, what I've heard, and this comes from, you know, Woki Mosabi, uh, great, great contributor uh, to the Discord as well as uh, uh, the socials. Wall Street bets mods were under attack because they were putting things out there and they were getting deleted. Well, why was this? The working theory is that the owners of Wall Street Bets, they, they wanted that first page to read GME, 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 because they know that means ad dollars and clicks. Then we have an infiltration of Wall Street with, you called this yourself, Howie, with people going in there and pumping up other stocks as maybe a distraction or as maybe uh, an effort to join the meme craze. So there is disinformation and the mods have moved. They've gone over to start. Is it super stock? I want to say, uh, if I'm wrong, please call me out in the comments, dedicated readers, as well as wall street bets elites. So there's fractions now of, of, of the original Reddit crap. And what we're seeing on wall street bets right now is a proliferation of new meme stocks. Now, do I believe that some of these have legs? Yes, and I will tell you for two different reasons. The first is, if you look this week, you saw Clover up 83% yesterday. You saw Wish up 43% yesterday. I'm in on BlackBerry, I'm up 6%. I love United Wholesale Mortgage. They were up 12% today. Clover, now, Clover was down big today. I, I don't know how what it was down today, but it had an 83% pop. Now, I'm in because I'm already holding one of these meme stocks too, I was already holding BCRX. 
I did some digging on Wall Street bets. They're not front page meme, meme worthy, but there is talk uh, about it. And Evan, can you pull up the chart I sent you? The Grinch sent me this today, and he's got uh, a, one of these basic algos that, that brings up the most mentioned equities in 24 hours on all the social media. Well, look what's number one, Chloe, massive spike. CLNE, massive spike. GME, fuck, they're at 320 now. AMC, we all know what they've done. Workhorse. Uh, the big one I don't see on there is Wish, which was up 43% yesterday. And then, you see the one at the bottom, Cleveland Cliffs? I was, uh, the Grinch was already in this play. And he said, well, I already liked the company. I didn't get my information from Wall Street Bets, but now I know that they're, it's being tracked on Wall Street Bets. I'm going to hold it even longer. So there's some crossover here with genuine product that, you know, I would say people that, that, that are in, in industry like the Grinch like already, and now they're seeing a meme explosion on top of it. Why not hold it? Now, don't, don't confuse, don't, don't confuse a most mentioned stock with why you would buy it. But that's why they all go up. The problem yeah, is but this. Clove was, uh, Evan, what was Clove down today? What percentage? What was it down? CLOV. It's down big. 23.6. Okay. So you're looking at a net of 60% gain within those two days. All That's right. Good. Here's my point. That's good enough for me to play a smash and grab as, to as opposed to playing the other side. And well, so when do you buy it? it? If you bought that thing today, you'd be down 23%, Chris. And I didn't buy it today. I know, but my a lot point of people is, did. Right. My point is you don't get on the front page of Wall Street Bets. You go three pages back. You see what people are just starting to talk about. And then you buy it. And you hold it and you wait for the next fucking spike because I don't think the meme factory is done. So tell us, tell us what you bought today and at what price. Okay, today I bought CLF, which is Cleveland Cliffs, which the Grinch was already into. And I bought it at $23. What was it up today, E? It was up fairly significant, CLF. CLF, uh -huh. CLF was up 14.5. Okay, so and where did it close at? 2322. Okay, so I bought it at $23. Okay. Uh, and then I also bought World Wrestling, WWE. This is the perfect candidate style meme stock. What did what was WWE of today? Would you buy it at? Uh, let me take a quick look. It's it's up 10.8 right now, and it closed at 64.48. And again, this isn't one of the front page trending stocks that was on Wall Street Bets. So... Well, what was the price you bought WWE? Because let's track this stuff. Yeah, sure. Let me pull it up for you right now. Um, bear with me. I mean, five-day chart, it's only up, not only, but 15.8% okay. over five I days. I bought WWE at $64.91. All right. So it's now let me, right, but let me be very clear here. This doesn't mean I'm dumping Apple. This doesn't mean I'm dumping NVIDIA. This doesn't mean I'm dumping PayPal or, you know, my blue chippers. What I'm saying is I want to test the theory and see how much longer these, these, these memes keep recycling. Um, because wouldn't you rather be on the, on the, the right side of a 40% gainer that you're in and out of in a week yep, as opposed absolutely. to trying to time, time a put on it, which yeah, we've been unsuccessful, unsuccessful so far doing on AMC? I have four puts. I got two down. I got two that are up. Um, the two I'm, I'm really down in the two I'm up a little bit, but I got three weeks. I got three weeks. I got till July. So 
Hey, I, I'm I, down. My July 16s are down 79 and 86 percent respectively. Now, obviously, if we see a nosedive, they're going to move the other direction. Yeah, I'm not worried yet. Um, but yeah, no, I have no problem with that. It's if you're buying one of these stocks, put a little money into it, and don't don't jump on the bag. The best thing is when people do this and they buy it three four days before they pop. That's what you want to do. Um, that what's that stock you bought at 23? I looked at the chart. It's it's a lot. It's had a huge run the last five days. It's gone from 18 to 24. And and so I will admit, I will admit, I am holding a very large percentage of it in my IRA. So what you got to hope is that that thing can, two things are going to happen with that stock. I'm telling you right now, that stock's going to jump up another two, three points, two, three, four points, or that stock's going to drop two, three, four points because it's gone from 18 to 24 in about four days. Mm -hmm. It's right there. It's, it's either breaking up or it's coming back down. I have again, no idea. Again, I we have to go. I have to go with my gut and my counterintuitive uh, approach to, I mean, the counterintuitive approach that's so hard for so many people to grasp. And that's lean into your winners. You don't always have to average down. You can, always, you can average up. And when the Grinch tells me he likes to play already because he was already in it. And now he's telling me it's got meme capabilities. I'm going to buy the damn thing. We'll see what happens, brother. We will see what happens. The point is, it's a great company with great fundamentals. It's not a piece of dog shit that, that doesn't have any value assigned to it, like an AMC. Yeah, I mean, I would. I think it's definitely a better call than an AMC. But on the other hand, it hasn't been around that long. You're looking at it. You can't even, you can't even develop a real true technical analysis on a stock like that. I completely agree with you. Because it's only been around about a year and a half, less than two years. And all I'm saying is you need to go look at the, the charts on CLNE, BBBY, all these stocks that are just blasting off uh, with the mean potential. I think the retail crowd is powerful enough to harness, uh, uh, you know, the rise, the, have the people rise up. And what I'm saying is if you can get in one of these stocks and grab a quick 40% and not be greedy and think it's going to go to 100K, What's the problem with that? Fundamentals no, are, are gone anyway right yeah. now. Look nothing. at fucking crypto. The only thing that you got to watch for, and this will be very interesting, is that the, if these hedge funds are dumping in the amount of money, which I think they are, it, this is this is something that's, that doesn't normally happen. You, you got the hedge fund guys now going in and riding the little guys. They're like, look at these guys go, man. They hate the shorts. Let's jump on. And these dudes are buying 50,000, 100,000 share blocks. There's no ifs, ands, or buts they are. So who's to say when these things jump to a certain point? And guys, we saw this before. We saw this three months ago. We saw uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. That was way up three months ago. And that thing came down in what, two days? Yeah, but it also went back up since then. Um, in a few days. But we'll see what happens. Eventually, we know where these are going. Uh, they're going to end up. It's, and all I'm saying is get in and get out after you make I agree. 40%. I agree. I'm not. If, hang if you're on. a trader. And, if but, you're a trader. Right. If you're a trader, do it. And you brought up a great point. There is something we need to put out there. There is a difference between holding a stock and going long on it and going uh, a short and playing, you know, playing it, not a swing, but playing it in the short term. That's what I'm advising with these meme stocks. Okay. Yeah, I'm not you advising. Hold them. Jesus, it's not like you know. When we started the show. Uh, shit, Evan, pull up. That I, I, I threw out about five, six, seven stocks, and I said, "Look, you got to own these stocks. Stocks like Ford, stocks like DSX. 
that was one that the bulk, and I tried to explain the bulk dry shipping index was at an all time low on DSX. Uh, the company just bought a bunch of new boats. You knew it was going up and it's gone from two up to five. And I think it's probably going to eight, 10. Um, it, it just fundamentally, the, the company's been, been around for 30 something years. Uh, here's, so here's what, here's what I would advise if you're looking at these mean stocks. I'm looking at Bed Bath & Beyond right now, okay? What I keep seeing is this. We see them jump up and have these short-term uh, spikes, whether, whether they're squeeze-related or they're hype-related. And then we seem to see them do it again another two months, ago, two months later. So, for example, BBBY in January 27. It's done it twice. Right. It's done but, it twice. But, but has Rocket done it twice? So is it possible that all these meme stocks, they have this, this massive spike, then they come back down and then they go back up? That's something well, I would be, I, I would be wise different. I don't, I don't put that in the same category as the other ones, because if you look at BB, you look at a five-year chart, that's shit back in 2016, it was trading at $49. Right. I mean, Bed Bath & Beyond is a real company. They've been around uh, since what, 2010? No, I'm sorry, 90, 91. They've been around since 91. I mean, 2014, 15, they were trading at 80 bucks a share. Uh, so this isn't, to me, that's more legitimate than a GME or an AMC. Yeah, and I'm just saying this, compare the meme stocks that you've already seen spike, like uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, like BlackBerry, which I'm holding now. They have the same patterns. They spike massively. And then uh, three months later, they're back up to where they were or close to it. So I think, I'm telling you, I still like BlackBerry. I won't be surprised if it touches $22, $23 in the next week. Print it. You can, t you can tell everybody I said it. It's got just massive meme potential behind it right now. To 15 bucks a share. <laughs> I'll bet you right now, <clears throat> it's over 20 bucks in two weeks. Or, or it's either going to 21 or 11, one of the two. Or ten. I got a hundred bucks that says it's over twenty bucks in uh, in two weeks. Two weeks. Yep. I'll take that action. Write it down, E. Write it down. I'll take it. Two weeks. I'll, you say it goes above twenty. No way. Okay. Uh, I'll good. see you Sunday. I'll see you Sunday, and I'll probably collect on it on Sunday. That's a possibility. You could do it tomorrow, but we'll see. I don't know. I think these things are about to get hit a little bit. We. I just got to think some of these big boys are going to start taking profits. We'll, we will see. We will see. So let's get to some reader questions, man. Yes. You, you're muted. <laughs> okay. First question we got is, is land a good investment? Um, yes. Yes. It's the best uh, investment you can make, in my opinion. Watch it episode, is. It watch is episode the, 38, or we, yeah. did, we did another episode on it. it is, it's, a, it's a great investment, but but not right now. Uh, and if you look at the, if you go back to that episode, he says the same thing. And that is basically that uh, land or housing right now is at an all time high. It's a yeah, great time to sell, probably not to buy. And just, just to back up, I bought my house in 2018. I bought at the top and it just kept going higher. So you'd never that know. I, that was the top. It was the top back then. And everybody said, don't buy, you're buying at the top. Yeah, who knows? Is, is Wendy's a buy due to the chicken sandwich craze? 
Jesus Here's Christ. the thing, and I need to give full background on this, Howie, and this is where we talk about being so detached from fundamentals. Wendy's, okay, is the go-to meme on Wall Street bets when somebody wants to talk about their tendies, okay? So the running joke that's been on there forever, it, when somebody goes busto, is they put up a meme with an application of Wendy's on it. I would not be shocked if this thing gets legs just for the tendy fucking joke. I mean, we have, we see altcoins do it. Uh, Dogecoin is a fucking absolute joke. So why can't stocks do the same thing? Am I recommending you buy Wendy's? No, I'm saying, do you want to take a, a gamble with a hundred bucks or 1% of your portfolio? I think it's a good gamble. Yeah, I do. Somebody um, asked what the best cold wallet was, uh, Ledger. They have a few cold wallets. They're pretty good, good reviews. Um, next one, best way to, we've, we've gotten a ton of people asking this, best way to learn about options. I think the best, like, we should just do an episode on it. I, I actually have, this is wild. I have two or three guys that that DM me. I have a guy Sunday who is, he's FaceTiming me because I, I, I have to go over some basic uh, call strategy and put strategies with him. And the main thing about that is time value. But yeah, we sh I, I should do an episode and talk about that. The big I get the, the basic biggest question that I get is uh, Howie, I have the September uh, 13 and a half Fords. Uh, I put a thousand dollars into it. It's now up to 2700. Should I wait until September 15th? No, <laughs> just because you go out on a certain date, your goal is to sell the next day if possible. Yep. Uh, that that's just time value and the longer you hold it the value of your cash decreases um you want to go out a certain amount you don't want to buy a, a one two three week you want to usually go out a few months six months to a year is beautiful because if you like a stock and this is one of the best guys i analysts i ever worked with in my life he said if you like a stock you really like it long term uh buy a leap on it, man, go out a year or two, because if that stock goes up, you're going to get an extra 10, 15, 20% on your leap versus owning the actual stock. So uh, yeah, we need to do a, we need to do a, a session on that. If you have questions, DM me. I got like 10 guys who I give information to once a week on their call and put options. Um, go ahead and DM, DM me on, uh, on Instagram and the Facebook, and I'll be glad to answer and your questions. A quick note on that. You know, I put out um, a recommendation on Fastly. Fuck, it was falling off a cliff. It's a great company. Um, and I bought an option on it at like $42, okay? And then it shoots up to 46 and I'm up 50% on it. I sold. Now, it's at $54.69 now. Had I held it, yeah, I'd be up so much more. But I have I've preached this many times. If I enter an option and I'm up 40 to 50%, yeah, I'm, you to get out. I'm gone. You have because to. the little wins add up and they just keep adding up. Yeah. Because sooner or later you're going to take a beating AMC mm -hmm. and, and you're going to need that tax loss, that loss to offset all your gains. So obviously. All right. Uh, we got time for like two more. Uh, can you give a few stocks that you would buy and hold for 10 plus years? Absolutely. I put this out on the discord last week. Amazon and Apple, or two days ago, they're in absolute buy zones right now. Um, they're amazing companies, 
they should be, you should at least have one of them in your long-term portfolio that you don't even look at. Uh, I, I prefer Amazon slightly over Apple right now, but that thing is going to break out, guaranteed. Howie? Yeah, I mean, long-term holds, if you're looking for, for 10 years, look at companies like Ford, GE, uh, look at uh, Viacom, um, look at Verizon, uh, Nike. Oh man. I mean, these companies aren't going anywhere. You're just going to, all you're going to do is just rake in dividends. Uh, and, and, and they're safe. I mean, those are, those are companies you just put in your IRA for the next 10 years and, and you don't have to worry about it. If you buy a companies like Dell, Intel, Cisco systems, they're Intel's like a mutual fund. Uh, Delcat, they own everything. They own right. a lot of different things. 3M, MMM. Same thing uh, with NVIDIA. I mean, like NVIDIA, I just, I don't, I'll never sell it. You know, I mean, certainly you want to buy companies that, that own a lot of other companies. Kraft Foods is a big one. Um, or Philip Morris, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, companies like that, man. Um, good value companies that pay dividends. 10 years, you're just going to rake them in. You're just, you don't have to worry about them. They don't fall as much when the market cracks. Those are good stocks. Um, last one, Lucas wants to work your balls, Howie, for FSR. Yeah, man, and here's the deal with FSR. I wanna say two weeks ago, uh, I believe Chris asked me the question. He said, look, FSR is down to 13, 13 and a half. Uh, what do you do? And I came out and I said, you gotta buy more. You buy more at this price. Because my average cost, I, I dollar costed when it was down to 15, uh, bought some more, and I'm actually up now. It's all the way back to 1830. So you guys that went in, and I told a lot of people to buy more. Um, the thing's at 1830, it'll be back to 24 because they're crushing it in the EV business right now, man. So uh, I love Fisker. Fisker's all over the news right now. And uh, th then he asked about Anchor, and Anchor really, it just moves with the price of Bitcoin. It's a good project. It's on Coinbase, obviously. Uh, my plan is to hold it for like three to five years. I'm so down on my crypto because I didn't get into crypto until January, and you know my Ethereum, my Bitcoin, they're down. I don't even look at them. I'm just going to hold on. Just um, hold, but uh, I am actively trading more in the market than I am in crypto, uh, which is which is good. For me because yeah because two weeks ago life. you were 95 percent staying up for four days in a row just burning yourself absolutely and those and those fit my hours better but i don't like the fact like i said earlier that you can't turn off the faucet and i think you can beat crypto if you work in teams and i touched on this earlier but if you literally have somebody with basic chart reading knowledge that you could say okay it's you're up on shift fine but I've seen so many people in the Discord say, fuck, I went to bed and it spiked or it dropped. And well, I don't want to live that. I don't want to live that kind of life. Sultan had a good point and he follows his stuff. And he said the biggest problem with crypto in altcoins, and probably Evan can attest to this, is the fees. I mean, you sell at eight in the morning and you get a great deal. You buy something else at four. And then the very next night, the fucking gas fees are double. Like, that's insane to me. Like, until they come in and somehow they regulate these gas fees, you can, you know, like Chris said earlier, you think you got a 20% gain, but you got a 5% gain because you just pissed it all away in gas fees. So that's a problem. Guys, I hate to go a little bit longer than usual, but there is something we're forgetting that we definitely need to address. 
and that is Howie's arch nemesis, Elon Musk. Because I don't think we talked about the fuckery that he keeps engaging on uh, with whether it's crypto. He's a dirtbag. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of people I've been talking to um, that are really, really interested in shorting Tesla. And um, I encourage the readers that aren't on the Discord to go to the readers on the Reddit because somebody, you know, posted some interesting stuff on Tesla. And obviously, we know Dr. Burry, he's, he's short on, on um, Tesla. He's Tesla. got a lot more money than we do to, to, uh, to, to chase it. And, you know, there's that old adage of his that he said in the big short, which was, uh, I might have been early, but I wasn't wrong. And I, as long I, as made, I made some nice gains uh, buying puts on Tesla. And, and, and again, I, it's an expensive stock to buy puts on. And um, when it's that's, going to 462. It, there's no doubt it's going to four. It's at 598. I think if you go out three, four, five months and you buy puts, you go out and buy the 550s or the 525s, I think you're going to make some money. And here's the thing you got to have the money to buy those puts. That's the one thing I will warn people it's not, not a cheap stock. And do not go out and buy puts. Uh, with a high price stock if you're not comfortable or have any knowledge of trading options. True. Very true. Okay, guys. Well, hey, I think uh, I think that was a really, really cool conversation with Ryan Dunn. Uh, I know I'm fascinated by what he was uh, uh, trying to illustrate, even though I barely understood any of it. Um, but I could see that being a very useful tool for a lot of people that are interested in trading uh, altcoins. Yeah, I had flashbacks about high school calculus just Want to shoot a blow dart at my teeth right in the forehead. Um, That's just the uh, the tick and the Alzheimer's. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad we caught it early, though. Oh, we did, man. We caught that baby early. No mark. Uh, e, you want to uh, give a shout out and get us out of here? Shout out, Boston. Oh, rest oh in God. Peace. <laughs> rest in peace. Cash